Whoa, hold up there. Did you listen to part one? If you did, well, go on ahead and continue listening. If not, why don't we just take a little breather, take a step back, and listen to part one first, because if you don't, you're going to be confused. See, what happened is we talked way too much, and I had to cut this down into two parts, so make sure you listen to part one first. Let's get back into it. This podcast may contain adult language and adult conversations, so viewer discretion is advised. Working in any work politics is always a very fun and very challenging experience, wouldn't you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Work work is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't want to accidentally bring the conversation into like a negative connotation or whatever. Oh, um, yeah, no, no. I, I will say uh, I, I've in, in my line of work, I've had nothing but good experiences. Um, I highly recommend if anyone is uh, thinking about going into software, if they have a degree, industrial controls is a lot of fun, but be ready for like 70 hour work weeks. I don't know what you put up with. But technically, that line of work is trades, and if you don't know, uh, all manufacturing facilities run 24 hours a fucking day, seven days a fucking week, so they need round-the-clock support. (laughs) I was working an average of, like, 80-hour work weeks for about two years straight. It was nonsense. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I had to—see, I had that uh, for—before I was doing lawn care, I was working at a computer factory where I was a— I started out building computers, and then I got to the point where I was uh, doing all of the uh, behind the scenes, you know, making sure people got the stuff they needed, and making sure computers left the facility. Right, right. So, so like um, a logistics sort of position. Yeah, essentially, more or less, just riding around the forklift and grabbing computers and throwing them to people. Hey, that's that's logistics. Now, or, or, well, I guess yeah, trades operators, trade. Yeah, we'll, we'll call it logistics. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, around Christmas time, you know, I mean that we were doing. 100 hour weeks oh my god dude that's just fucking wild i hate that it it was miserable every and every single manufacturing facility is exactly the same they all run like that and they all yeah. expect that that people are just going to be okay with that day in and day out and honestly i was like nah fam <laughs> i don't worry they, they gave us uh uh red bulls and cliff bars so yeah we were good Right, yeah, you know they they supplied a little bit of Red Bull and a little bit of Cliff Bar, and that's that's all you need, right? Like you don't I mean, need any other form of nutrition. Or, I survived you know, on that for about two weeks, so I believe it honestly. <laughs> I if still... you ever want to get into dieting, that's a great way to diet. Just work yourself to death. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I still sort of, I mean, I do enjoy a Cliff Bar, but I don't look at them the same way anymore. Yeah, I can't imagine you would. That would that that sounds like a nightmare, honestly. And I've been in the same boat where you literally you just work so much that you just have no time for food. To be perfectly honest. Yeah, yeah. But that's interesting, man. No, I, uh, I, it's it's a it sounds like a really interesting profession. And uh, I mean, do you like it? Do you have a lot of fun? Uh, with my current. Yeah. Uh, you know, I let me ask you this: in... Would you would you say would you recommend your position to uh, other people? Oh, see, ooh, this, is, this is this that's is interesting. A, that's a pause. <laughs> um, <laughs> is this something you want to get into? That's another question. <laughs> so I jumped in this career sort of accidentally. I end up getting fired um, due to not my own reasons. It's due to other people's reasons, but they blamed I was I was the fall guy. Ah, uh, yeah, classic. And so unemployment for like six months. Bullshit. Yeah, couldn't find nothing. And this, I just saw this ad. I'm like, all right, let me jump on this place, and got to interview the same day and hired. On spot. And I've been there for mm-hmm. seven years. It's not an industry I wanted to be in. And it's okay. still not. It's still not. The right. job is easy. It has its issues. Um, Over the years, I've, I'm have i more of just a chemical sprayer. I mean, I'm certified. I have my licenses and stuff. Right, I, right. Also, the assistant manager in my department. And I run the social media for my company. Hell yeah. I don't get paid nowhere near enough for what I do. <laughs> Nobody does. Um, the, the reality is, is nobody gets paid enough. <laughs> and I'm working with people who believe that uh, life was better back when they had chisels and stone tablets. So, 
Yeah, I I know what that's like. I I work with people who are constantly, you know, the the problem with software is that everything's always changing. Yes. And unfortunately, uh, people who are, and I'm not going to say it's all boomers, but (laughs) (laughs) people don't like change. I, for one, embrace change. When you change something, normally it's for the better. And until I find out that it was for the worse, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt and embrace the change. Exactly. That's my that's my personal take. I, but I'm a lot of these change. older folk definitely like to be like, wow, back in my day, it really isn't a meme. Especially in trades, when I worked in trades, 90% of the time, it was the older generation that refused to learn new things because they just had a preconceived notion over how to accomplish a task, right? Yeah, yeah. The only issue I have with change is like with like my current position, like I'm I've always been like on the fence. Like the company is good enough and the job is easy enough and the money pays decent enough that like I don't really want to leave. But at the same time, it's like I know I could do so much better. But I'm in this comfortable spot and so like well change would probably change would probably be good. I'm at this Bro, weird... there is there is nothing wrong with being comfortable. I made a uh, a pretty big career shift from when I was in industrial controls to what I'm doing now. Uh, and I even took like a minor pay cut still, you know, all reasonable, all things considered. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> I, I didn't lose out in all that much, all things considered, but, uh, no, I mean, sometimes you just kind of got to weigh your options, you know, is your, uh, personal life work to life balance. How much does it mean to you? Do you feel like you're getting uh, adequately compensated for the work you provide? Now, I th- always think that at the end of the day, the answer to that question is, nah, you can give me more money. Exactly. But if you're comfortable, <laughs> if you're comfortable, then yeah, you don't need to rock the boat. That sounds great. What, all, all that matters is that you're happy. Most of the time, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. Well, there you go. You know, <laughs> we, we pick and choose our battles, I suppose. You know, you got to, you got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. I mean, we're at getting close to an hour. Um, I don't know how much more you have to say. I, I can keep going. I mean, I'm here. I'm here for the long haul, dude. I'm here for uh, uh, a good time and a long time. Hey, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, see, there goes my laugh again. Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. I mean, is there anything else you want to get into before we uh, wrap this up like a last topic? Uh, well, I mean, uh, do you uh, do you care if I, or do you, do you want to do any back and forth about like, you know, like college? Did you go to college out of curiosity? Um, so initially, I'm not. I was one of those kids with like ADHD in high school and stuff, so I can never concentrate. So my grades were garbage, yeah, sure. except for French. That. Except for French, I was tutoring French three while I was in French one. Bro, that's so good. I don't know but... any French now, but in high school, right. <laughs> I was the best. I got I uh I'm in I didn't tutor it or anything, but I got to French three when I was a senior. Um, and I, I think like in my public school, like the normal trend would be if you're gonna stick with language for the long haul, you're supposed to do one, two, three, four. But mm-hmm. I just started French one when I was a sophomore because I just didn't care. And I got to French three when I was a senior, and I still remember the words subjunctive or indicative or subjective yes subjective or indicative statements i couldn't tell you the difference between the two i know that one is subjective and one's indicative but i can't (laughs) tell you in the french world what's changed (laughs) i think the only thing i remember is el pupitre which is the desk oh that's a funny word (laughs) okay yeah no i mean i uh i remember decent words like biblioteca or no that's spanish biblioteque i think that's uh i think that's french now that i think about it Every, here here and there i have like core memories that are secretly locked in the back of my mind there's a there's somebody in our discord for for our podcast that uh frequents and she or they happen to be a really big advocate for french from time to time every so often i'll throw a message in there that's in french and uh gabriel is another guy in our uh, discord who happens to be swiss and I, either one or both of them will be like brendan you said that wrong you're an idiot that's awesome <laughs> And I'm like, damn it, not again. I can't, <laughs> not like this, please. So I think I like peaked in high school, like when it comes to schooling. I did online ah. classes. Okay. And I wanted to go for philosophy. I want to be a, or not, well, I want to be a psychologist. And I so I was, sure. but I wanted to be like psychologist with some philosophy because I really enjoyed philosophy. And I really, I was like natural with like sociology and psychology. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just sucked at math and English, so 
I was never able to continue on my degree. Because mm. I just, it was a mix of I'm just not good at doing school, and I had some bad teachers in college. And if you thought that you, I mean, if you tried to take online classes today, do you think you could cut it? I bet you you could. With everything else I have going on. Well, there's would, also that, see, you know, when life catches up to you, it's also yeah, a little bit harder. <laughs> in time, with like the stuff I'm wanting to do, like the podcasting stuff that I really want to do and like work stuff and family time, I really don't think I'd have the time to do college anymore. Hell yeah. Um, or well, not hell yeah, but. but well, you mean no, hell yeah. <laughs> so I did, and I didn't go to actual, you know, in university, you know, leaving high school, school was the last thing on my mind. I uh, I mean, I know you listened to my one from Friend to Weave episode, and I sort of got into this. I wanted to be a firefighter. And so yep. my I got, you know, I got, uh, I didn't graduate, but I got my GED. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as I got my GED, I went to our volunteer fire de- department and was like, hey, what can I do? But, you know, I'm colorblind. So they're like, yeah, no. Dude, you're colorblind too? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I remember hearing you say that. I just wanted to sound surprised. <laughs> oh, well, we had a big old conversation on the Discord about it. I think yesterday or the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So not to uh, not to interject, but that actually reminds me. So when I was uh, well, first let, finish the. I, I guess to finish that thought, you know, you know, most people don't need to go to college to you know have a fulfilling or good career path. In my personal opinion, no, I, really I worked don't with think so, so many people in my previous line of work that were literally in charge of you know, manufacturing fortune 500 vehicles in software and they didn't have college degrees. I was the only one with a college degree, but it, it, it paid pretty well. So I stuck with it for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, it happens, man, you know, college, it can either be good or bad. It's, it's, yeah. it's sort of a coin toss. Absolutely. Now I will say when you mentioned that you were a uh, colorblind though, you know, I was also, when I, when I did go to school, I was in the, uh, I, I chose my college for, uh, one of my main reasons was due to the fact that it had an ROTC program for Air Force. Mm-hmm. I was aspiring to go into the Air Force ROTC so that I could become an officer when I first started going to school. That was like the plan, right? You do, and they're, they're, the schedule would be within your first or second year, you get on scholarship, you get committed to the military, whatever, and they will essentially pay for the rest of your degree. And as soon as you graduate, depending on how many years you graduate, it was actually a really annoying deal if you went to school for more than four years, because if you did four years before you got your degree, then you only owed the military four years in return. But if you went there for five years, every year more than four, you owed two additional years, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. So if you are trying to get your undergrad and heaven forbid you take even six years to get it done. Well, at the end of the day, you're going to owe the military eight years of service guaranteed. Wow, now, I didn't know that. I, I won't say it's like, by owe, I mean, congratulations, you have to commit to that career for however long period of time. They're going to pay you. Like, you're not, they're not like giving, forcing you to like live on uh, the base and, you know, here's your stipend or whatever. Like, you get a payment, right? But mm. you just, you don't have the option to bounce without paying back whatever the difference is in your degree, unless you commit to whatever the time frame is. And, uh, but when I was in the ROTC program, when I was like a third year, I like wanted to stop because I just wasn't that committed to our government's military. If I'm going to be honest, I mean, that's, <laughs> not, that's understandable. Not due, not due to like political reasons. I think I just didn't have the drive to be an officer at the end of the day. Not like I used to, I was originally going to be a 13 S I got my, uh, my position, which I think 13S, I don't know the exact naming, but it would have been like space operations. So I would have been like in satellite shit if I continued space being in the force military or whatever. Basically, space force. Oh, exactly. Dude, that, see, <laughs> I would go to be space force. Let's go. Yeah, like I got, <laughs> I got the job that I want because okay, I applied for 13S, and I forget what the other uh, like the, the way they do jobs in the military is like a number and a letter. Mm. So. 13S being space operations, and I forget what the other one's called, but for the path that I was going on, you can only either go in terms of satellite or in terms of missile silo. There's really no in-between, if that makes sense. That's, there, huh. 
for the path I was on, you are either going to be in charge of space shit in the sky or you're going to be in charge of missiles, period. <laughs> so I crossed my fingers and hoped I wouldn't get put in the missile uh, department because I heard horror stories where everyone says, yeah, if you get put in the missile silo, congratulations, you will literally never see the sun again. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucked. But uh, I did get my job that I was originally wanting, but I talked to my commanding officers at the time, and I was just like, I just don't really have the the drive to to really become an officer, I don't think. So I talked to him about not continuing. But before all this happened, getting back to the colorblind thing, I also tried my hand at becoming a pilot. And to be a pilot, you have to go through a very rigorous training section, and you also have to do extra physical assessment stuff. Mm-hmm. But one of the tests was uh that you had to do like colorblind testing or whatever and i unfortunately found out that i was deficient in red green areas of colorblind testing so the military immediately was like hey you failed the being a pilot test you're not allowed to do anything i was like maybe i can fly drones that'd be kind of cool and they were like nah fuck you you suck Damn. <laughs> Damn. and i'm like wow rude dude and i trained so hard to get the i think i think like you have to do pull-ups so the mili- so Air Force is dumb. When you are trying to be a pilot, <laughs> I'm serious. So but it's, it's for, funny because like my my sister and brother in law are both Air Force. Dude, it's fucking That's dumb. Hilarious. So ask them about ask them dumb. about the the PFA. So their PFA, at least when I was in college, if you are in the ROTC program, you are not held to the same standard as people who are in the academy. The academy has to do the PFA plus, but mm. if you want to be a pilot, you have to do PFA plus. So when I applied to be a pilot, it was the first time I did PFA+. Plus. Now, the difference is, when I was in college, you had to do, I think, 33 sit-ups. No, sorry, 45 sit-ups, 33 push-ups, and then you had to run a mile and a half. They're, they're very, I don't know why they chose to do a mile and a half. I mean, they could have just done a mile or two miles like the Army did, but whatever. Mile and a half. A mile and a half. In under, uh, I believe, 1330? Not 15. I think 1330. A mile and a half to 1330? Yeah, not, not even that, that bad, right? Yeah, I could do. I mean, I could do that today, but you know, I, I hope <laughs> I like to think I've kept my fitness up a little bit. But regardless, um, so thirty-three push-ups, forty-five sit-ups, and, or forty-two sit-ups, one of the two, and then thirteen, thirty mile and a half. But if you do the PFA plus in addition to that, so this one isn't dumb. You do pull-ups, and I think like the the minimum requirements like eight or twelve or something like that. Now I just happen to suck at pull-ups in general, so that was like something I was really daunted by at the time when I did the PFA plus. Pull-ups were always out. my weak point. Dude, pull-ups are just so annoying because if you don't kip, it's just so much harder. Strict yeah. pull-ups are so freaking hard, they and are. even they now. Are. I feel like I am a relatively like fit individual. I go to the gym enough to where I feel comfortable with, you know, the kind of weight that I can move based on my body type. Mm-hmm. And even now, I don't think that I could do 10 strict pull-ups in a row. I'm pretty sure my body would fail at about nine, but I digress. <laughs> the stupid component of the PFA plus is get this. They have to go on their knees and they take a basketball and the point is that you have to yuck the basketball as far as you can. And I think the minimum requirement is like something dumb, like 20 or 30 yards. So you're basically just on your knees. You you have to try to like do a, a rotation or whatever, and then just chuck a basketball as far as you possibly can. And you only get one try. <laughs> what? I don't know why they think that that's such a necessary component for the PFA plus. What are you going to use that skill for? I don't know. Nobody knows you. It's like, I remember when, when I was in the ROTC program, it was this ongoing joke where if you tried to be a pilot, so I can't even imagine what it's like for cadets uh, that are at the actual Academy, because at the Academy, that's just what you do for every PFA, which is the physical fitness assessment or whatever, where they like benchmark your shit. Yeah. You just have to do all five components, no matter what. But when you do, when you're in the ROTC program, you're only required to do those three components. And if you choose to try to be a pilot, you have to do the the whole, the whole PFA plus. I just, I don't, it was always a joke. Like whose idea was it to chuck a basketball? Why is that a benchmark? That makes who no says, sense. Who says that this is a necessary benchmark for this department of the military? I don't know, man. I'm going to have uh, to ask my sister about that. Yeah. Ask them about the PFA plus and if they've ever done it. Cause if, 
and honestly, if I think if you're in the military, so if you're in the Air Force program, so are they uh, officers or enlisted out of curiosity? Uh, they are working. They they are mechanics on the airplanes. So I don't know. I mean, they're they're active. But are they are they enlisted folk or are they officers? Like I I guess do you, do you know the difference? I don't honestly. Um, okay, well I, I I guess if they're mechanics, there's a good chance they're enlisted. I th- I don't think they are enlisted. I mean, they're active in the military, so and they, yeah, they work so, on base. They so the only difference between an officer and an enlisted is essentially pay grade and whether or not the government. I think whether or not they got a degree essentially. So. In order to go into officership, you either you have to get you have to become an officer one of three ways. You go through the ROTC program, you go through the academy, or you go through ah oh shoot, what is it called? It's when an enlisted member wants to become an officer, and there's a program you can go through where it's like a special training uh, month or seminar for uh, I can't can't remember what it's called, but you have to do it. It's a certain class, well, really a certain active duty sort of thing or boot camp or essentially i mean they uh, might be are... officers honestly so if they went through the ladder the last thing i'm thinking of that i can't remember off the top of my head how do i'm gonna look this up otherwise it's gonna bother me how do enlisted become officer this is great audio content by oh no, the it's way. wonderful i love it right um they have to go th- okay how do how do enlisted become officer air force it's like an acronym i know i'm gonna fucking know they have to go through f-a-f-o-q-t i mean that sort of sounds familiar but doesn't that doesn't sound super familiar there's definitely something called yeah they have to pass the air force officer qualifying test also known as the afoqt but i'm pretty sure everyone has to do that anyway there's a there's there's like a, a special thing they have to go through if they want to become an officer but all officers have degrees and all officers went through one of those three channels in order to become an officer and at the end of the day the biggest difference is pay so the only reason Hmm. i've ever met anyone become an officer is so that they get more money out of the deal (laughs) i think enlisted members on average uh are the real workers whenever i was uh (laughs) whenever i came across an enlisted member um but if you're enlisted you can just kind of jump into the air force as as early as you want as soon as you graduate high school you don't have to do any special training you might go to like a boot camp or something before you get in do have to take some kind of physical fitness assessment but i don't know if they're held to the same standards as officers i guess they might not be but i for the most part i think that all the pfas are by age not by rank but i could be mistaken oh and then all 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 officers outrank all enlisted member which is kind of criminal because that means that you could have like this 40 year old like high ranking i'm sorry 40 career old high ranking enlisted member but a, a a fresh blood you know second lieutenant straight out of college technically outranks him which is kind of bullshit when you think about it that is very <laughs> yeah that's garbage by te- by technicality yeah like they outrank them but a good officer knows the difference between you know a seasoned veteran and knowing their place when referring to you know the officers beneath them but in terms of rank and etiquette by definition of their status every enlisted member would salute every officer because that's just the way it is and that's just that's yeah. just military to, in, in a nutshell or whatever but i i forget what brought us here but no ask your you said it was your sister and your brother-in-law or was yeah. it your sister-in-law and your brother my sister and brother-in-law yeah your sister and brother-in-law ask about the pfa plus and if they've ever taken it and their thoughts on it ask him about the ball well, throwing because so that's I just asked so her wild if she's done the pfa plus and she's like the what i'm like for the air force and she's like like our fitness stuff so i was like yeah the thing where you throw a basketball what'd she say did she, I'm, did I'm she have for, a comment back i'm, re- I'm <laughs> I just said that, so I'm still waiting for the response. Okay, okay. Yeah, let me know if she, uh, <laughs> if she ever, if she's ever done that. Um, it she might says, not be called. She says PSA. she's lost, so she has no clue what what I'm talking about. <laughs> just okay. How about this? Do we have, tell her? Uh, there's the Air Force PFA. Tell her to just look up the requirements for the uh, Academy Air Force PFA, and it'll be on there. I might be mistaken. It might not be called PFA Plus. That's just a, a nickname I think we might have given it when I was in the ROTC program. I will, yeah, I'll look that up here in a bit and send that to her, see what uh, she says. <laughs> it's so wild. I think at I this point I've just so got much. her so confused, and she's going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? 
just just say so you know that pfa that you got to do there's a version of it where you chuck a basketball and she'll just be like but why <laughs> like everybody does <laughs> yeah that sounds oh, like, that's crazy but all right so yeah somehow we got into air force you know it was inevitable it, it was such a big part of my life once upon a time you know you can't you can't hate it <laughs> yeah. i'm here for it i'm always here for it I mean, it's a great story, great, great little conversation there. <laughs> We're gonna mm -hmm, probably confuse mm -hmm. some people, so that's even better. Yeah. Well, hey, you're you're trying to find people that are interesting and and different, right? So yeah, you know, we I have a podcast talking about One Piece, and uh, I was once in the military until I wasn't. So you know, that's cool. Yeah. What a great history. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the uh, the punchline to uh, wanting to leave the military. I did get to leave the military, and I didn't have to pay them back for the years they paid. What a fun fact. Nice. What a great, what a great part of my life. What <laughs> of the awesome. few W's I actually have. Otherwise, it's hey. just a bunch of trials and tribulations, let me tell you. <laughs> man, you gotta take those W's when you can. You do gotta take W's when you can, man. But uh, but honestly, no, I mean, uh, I feel I feel good. I mean, unless you uh hey, you're looking at the same outline I, I got here. Do, do you do you wanna ask me any questions before uh uh, before we close on to a little bit more about uh, my podcast and, you know, stuff or whatever. Yeah, I think we did a, got a pretty good coverage, so let's hit this last little bit here. Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. I mean, you got here as, like, your big question, why One Piece? And, I mean, that's pretty obvious because it's awesome. Yeah, like, I would say it's because it's really awesome, but, <laughs> you know, we talked about it earlier uh one piece is a very aggressive series it is a very aggressive franchise i think in terms of anime it is not everyone's cup of tea but... no it, it's it's one of those things i tell people like if you get to our long park and you're sure. still sort of in the air just push through it and get to alabasta okay yeah i mean and, i think that's fair like, even just like the 100 episode mark getting into alabasta and if you don't like it by then, I, I know that's a huge stretch, and that's a big task right there already. Right. But, like, if you get to that point, I mean, if you make it to that point, you're probably going to just watch the show. This, mm -hmm, if, mm -hmm. you, if you stick through Arlong and you watch another 70 episodes, you're, you're going to watch the show. So I'm always very careful when I, you know, recommend volume of this franchise to people i i think i actually am sort of in the camp where if you don't vibe by the end of the east blue stuff i don't know if i would recommend the series to people because by then you have a very you you have, you have a taste of what all of the emotions and all of the depth to these characters can provide to you i for one so i i try to find in, in my mind, no, no anime that I watch has ever made me feel more nostalgic and more like like a kid than mm. this franchise has. And it's not even because like the main plot narration dictates it, which a lot of the time I'm in for the plot. Like the, the plot isn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I just I love the way it fluidly transitions between these like really serious moments and these like really gaggy moments oh, and yeah a lot of the time like i'm just like trying to vibe when i'm in my free time you know i personally think that especially in that first like 100 and, or not 100 in that first 50 episode stretch which roughly gets to the end of Logtown or whatever it might be 60 episodes That's i think that there. you've you've gotten a taste of every basic emotion that one piece can provide to you as a watcher and if it's not something that you're interested in by that point i might actually just tell somebody you know it sounds like the show is just kind of not for you just for me i like to say try to get that 100 episodes in just for the fact you know you get introduced to chopper and he I mean he's a known character people know right chopper. yeah and you get his story and if you don't tear up during that <laughs> you're probably not even human question yeah, mark yeah <laughs> but like chopper chopper drum island is fantastic it's probably oh yeah. one of the best written pieces in all of this franchise if i'm gonna be honest but i mean yeah, i could agree like once you get through arlong you get a little taste of everything but i feel like once we get into the grand line itself because if i'm not mistaken oda didn't really believe it would get that far 
originally. Yes. So, so the... I believe that by the time he finished Alabasta, he at least knew it was going to be longer than he originally anticipated. So mm-hmm. I've heard I've heard two accounts. Uh, the first account is that the Seven Warlords were never the big baddies in the franchise. They were always uh, sub-bosses to the four emperors. Like, the four emperors were his primary, like, antagonists. They were always planned for, you know, the the Straw Hat journey or whatever. Mm-hmm. But simultaneously, I heard that he had only planned on keeping the franchise running for... I don't want to put like a number on it, but let's let's for the sake of argument say like he only anticipated like 500 chapters, let's say, or something like that. Yeah. Um. So originally by that time frame, if he didn't continue to like, you know, expand and add and, you know, narratives like moving constantly, if he didn't do that, he would have done, you know, whatever fraction of the seven warlords in a short amount of time frame moved on to the four emperors and then would have gone to the climax of the series, probably in like the last hundred chapters or so, or whatever his plan was. Um, until obviously he's like, man, I just got so many ideas and this shit's taken off. So I'm just going to like have fun now. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the theories I heard was that like, he really didn't imagine it was going past Arlong park that far. So, Oh really? No, that's, I haven't. I didn't hear I that heard. necessarily. That's um, that's a. I didn't hear that far. Yeah, oh my goodness! That was one of the things I originally heard was like, yeah, he didn't really imagine it was going to go past Arlong Park, but One Piece has so much to it. And like, yes, it is a extensive show. Like, there is a lot to take in. But you're, I mean, you're gonna feel things you would have never imagined you'd feel. Yes, I would say there is no series that has given me more emotional depth and has made me reflect on myself or like, you know, the themes and there's just so much creativity in this show. I, I can't, I honestly can't get enough of it, but I mean, I don't know. I think if you are, it's easy to just say, well, just watch more and you'll be into it. But I definitely respect people who are like, bruh, you can't tell me to, to do a hundred episode buy-in no, to yeah, get to like the start. Like I totally respect people that are like, nah, I ain't buying that chief. So to that, I say, you know what? I respect that, but you should buy into the first 50 because I bet you the first 50 will be kind of fun. And if they're not, then I don't know, I guess walk away, whatever. What the... I say it only gets better, but that's just, yeah, me. it does. What is your most memorable one piece scene and i mean it may you know if it's a spoiler you know people there might be spoilers in the next couple minutes so just you know watch out i think and i've talked about this on our podcast a couple of times so i'm again i'm a huge advocate for dub not to you know, i'm not like a dub superior sort of person i just really vibe with the voice acting industry and what it's done for you know the west and our anime consumption so i'm always just going to support it and something that came out of super left field so i found one piece i didn't know funimation had redone one piece uh until i want to say 2013 2014 something like that and by that point they had the original dub that they started with actually was skypea because four kids had already gone all the way through alabasta and uh i think jaya mm-hmm. but they might have funimation might have covered jaya too i can't remember and what funimation did was they they ordered all of the episodes of Skypea to get done. And after it got decent, you know, the traction or whatever, like people were watching it, people were asking for more. They were like, okay, well, I guess there might be a market for this. So they picked up, they actually stopped and they picked up all of the old episodes and started from square one from there. So the actual order of dubbing was Skypea and then they backtracked to the start of the, of East blue. And then they went all the way back through Alabasta from there. Mm -hmm. So the newest sections like the Foxy stuff was the first fresh content. And I just so happened to find the dub when that was getting released. It, it was like, I, I, when I looked up all this information, I was like mind boggled. I watched the Skypea arc or whatever. had a great time. I thought that the, you know, the, the stupidness of rubber being a hard counter to Enaru the entire time or Enel <laughs> for whatever was one of the funniest and useful plot devices that I have not seen. I have not felt the kind of joy or laughed as hard as when I saw Enaru or Enel, whatever, do that stupid fucking face when oh he realizes <laughs> that I he had that couldn't... as a background for so long. <laughs> When he realized he couldn't hurt Luffy and Luffy's just sitting there like, was that it? Was that it? Are, are we good here? <laughs> 
I just, yep. I, I busted. I laughed so hard. I remember the first time I watched it, I had to pause the episode. I've, I just have not felt that sort of attraction to even like any comedy anime, like a lot of comedy anime, like they're funny, but I've rarely found this like raw laughter for a lot of different franchises or whatever. Like I felt with that Enemy thing, oh, but yeah. That's a huge memorable moment, but the next memorable moment, and I and I was so glad that this happened. So I, the first time I picked it up was when they just so happened to get through Foxy, and I had, I had a great time in the Foxy arc. I know that it gets shit on a lot because it's like this like weird one off kind of doesn't really deserve to be there sort of thing. I think it's fantastic. It's when the animation style changed to what I would call the best animation in the in the series, in my personal opinion. I actually feel like that from here the animation sort of starts to devolve, but I digress. But when they got to Water 7, I was watching, uh, they were releasing, I want to say like every couple of months, they would they would drop like 12 episodes, give or take. And I had gotten through the first few episodes of Water 7. And this is before the Usopp-Luffy fight. And I was like, man, I'm just like having a lot of fun with One Piece, but like, I, I just want more. Like I wanted something to sink my teeth into. So this is when I made the dumb decision of skipping, sort of, sort of dumb, sort of smart, I skipped all of Water 7 Any's Lobby and just went straight to Thriller Bark in the sub and watched it from there. So I missed all of the context between Water 7 and Any's Lobby. And I'm like, you know, I get it. They're going to have like internal struggles in the crew. And I wanted to experience the uh, the dub actors doing um, d- doing their performances. And I'm really glad that I did. Like I wanted my first exposure to that arc because I did hear it was the best arc to be the dub performances and i'm really glad i did because even though i had all this context because i pretty much watched from thriller bark all the way through to the end of the uh, marine third war so i had all this i had all this knowledge now and the only the only missing component was water seven and lobby when when i watched through water seven and lobby the day that they dropped the episodes between luffy and uh usopp fight i was submitting oh. i bawled my eyes out dude i cannot tell you how like emotionally attached i was to this gaggle of fucking idiots how serious i felt when these fucking more it was breaking my heart they were they were fighting and you know they, they wanted the same things but they just couldn't find the words to or the compromise necessary to to meet these these challenges and i just i don't know there's something about yeah. the emotional depth and the way that oda writes uh, conflict, especially the like relationship conflict. Obviously, he always has a big baddie in every arc. There's always like a main villain for Luffy to fight. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Anime sh- shown and stuff aside. Oh yeah. I yeah. have I have a fondness that I think goes very like underappreciated by a lot of people in the community. Maybe, maybe not by a lot of people in the community. Most people recognize this, like I would. But I just have this extreme fondness for the way that Oda writes relationships in this series and in this franchise. Oh, he the does way- such a great job with it. He is a. There's a YouTuber that Justin actually put me on. Uh, her name is uh, Melanty, and she's made a couple of like you know synopsis videos about uh, various characters in in the series and whatnot. And she said something that she put to words exactly what everyone's thinking oda is a master of doing showing not telling a lot of the time these characters when they're bouncing back and forth sometimes they say like what they're what they're feeling but a lot of the time like there's this like tension there's there's this physical or visual nature to the way conflicts play out where they're not just monologuing back and forth to each other there's almost like this this knowledge of what the other characters are thinking without actually saying it so you can actually just be engrossed in the way these characters are developed and i just i love it i love that kind of narrative it is so great it is it's 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 amazing what he can do and what he does it's it's not something you really see anywhere else that he can take these these moments in like just a look and you just you get a feeling just a way a character looks and you're just like there's just so much like (laughs) honestly it's like whiplash sometimes between these like super highs and super lows in the franchise but i'm a very i guess expressive sort of guy and i think that's really what gravitates me to this series is that i i live for the fact that this series dares to be 
a slice of life. It dares to be an action shonen, and it dares to be uh, essentially a soap opera. And right. I'm okay with all of these things. <laughs> it does everything. I am the target audience for that exact fran- or that exact formula. <laughs> <laughs> Same. <laughs> I, anytime I want a good cry, oh dude, Annie's Lobby Water Seven. Oh my god, don't even get me started. There's so many episodes that make me want to cry in this series. Oh, I yeah. could, I could, I literally have a list of episodes that make me cry in this series. <laughs> all the guys in the cast know. But I did want to ask you. Yes. Uh, so that's why we may, or well, I, that's why I love One Piece, and mm-hmm. I basically we I we just kind of tricked each other into starting our podcast. But what uh, what originally brought you to making? Uh, I think you t- you touched on it earlier. Uh, but from what, Weeb. Yeah, you're from Friend of Weeb. Yeah, I was just uh, essentially looking for like like a what way what to... sparked what sparked like this is the platform, this is the formula I want. I was listening to a lot of different podcasts. And I mean, essentially, I'll say I stole a bunch of different formats and just combined them into something I felt comfortable with, essentially, sure. you know, just taking a bunch of different sort of ideas. And, you know, one of those things, you know, the three episode rule, mm-hmm. you can usually like 95 percent of animes within the first three episodes, you can tell if you're going to like it or not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wanted to talk about anime. I wanted to start enjoying more anime because you know when i was younger i didn't really get to watch a whole lot of anime but now that i'm older i'm starting to catch up on all these shows i'm watching new shows and i want to talk about these shows with people so i get that i figured like why not do a podcast where we you know find an anime i feel the personal like we watch it then we watch the three episodes and we talk about it and we see you know what's good what's bad what we liked what we didn't like I mean, so far I've done pretty good, and everyone's enjoyed what they've watched. So I'm on a, I'm on yeah, a good no, streak. I mean, uh, it's it's definitely uh, a lot of fun to listen to. I'm probably gonna start popping in a few more episodes. I've only listened to like I think your most recent four. Uh, I've been actually working my way further into the past. I should probably just start oh, at the first episode and work my way up. Yeah, well, because <laughs> then you're gonna have like the whole like you see you listen from the beginning, you sort of hear my whole audio and sort of podcast evolution journey, like my editing and podcast evolution journey <laughs> same with our cast my man same with our cast <laughs> like the first episode first couple episodes i didn't really have like the idea of how to get separate tracks for sure for editing so it was a it was a nightmare but yeah so maybe that's essentially how from friend to weave started i was just wanting to talk about anime and figured out just force people to watch a show and we'll talk about it and it's worked Honestly, so far I- I think that honestly, a simple idea like that is the best way to have, you know, a fresh, a fresh cast, a fresh take on, you know, because there's a lot of stuff out there. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So being able to just say, hey, you know, I, I bring on somebody new or maybe bring on somebody old, assuming that they come back for the recap for the series or the season, like you said, and you just say, hey, three episode rule. Watch this shit. Talk to me about it. I think yeah. that's actually uh, that's very insightful. Oh, yeah. You know, it's great. And then for the Talking Dirty podcast that we're on now, it happened for a New Year's party. We're okay. All sitting around and, <laughs> but we were just discussing stuff, and I was like, we were talking about like different things. I was talking about how I was going to start really pushing my podcast stuff and blah blah And we start getting into sort of the controversial takes on podcasting, like, uh, you know, what, is, what you should and shouldn't talk about, you know? You know, people right, don't really yeah. want to hear, you know, I'm not the one to talk about politics, religion, blah blah but it's those episodes and that controversy that sometimes get people interested. And, you know, we were just sort of talking about it. I'm like, well, I don't really want to do that, though. But yeah. it sort of brought on this for me to start thinking. I wanted to start a new podcast, but what do I want to do it about? And then it's like, man, I know all these people, and they all have a really cool story. And it just, like I said, from that one conversation where it was like, you know, do something different. Do something new. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or do something that's not really my normal thing. Right. I was like, well, yeah, try to try to switch it up a little bit. Talking to random people about themselves, like learn the stories of other people, because that's interesting. And I mean, if someone brings on something about politics or religion, if it's something big in their life, then that's what we talk about. If we talk about anime or podcasting or whatever it is that that makes that person them, that's what we talk about. And it's something that could expand expand my boundaries and my knowledge on things as well as i'm talking to people about really cool stories we're introducing these stories to other people who are listening so i don't know i just thought it would be a very unique i mean it's not a unique idea but it's a cool idea 
I think that it's good because it's different than your other cast's formula, right? And honestly, I think we're in the same boat. You know, we have our One Piece podcast where we basically just talk about, you know, One Piece from start to finish. And from there, we sort of expanded into, you know, we have Panderview, which is more of like a free talk slash reviewing other things sort of podcast or whatever. Yeah. And I think it's, but honestly, I, I like the fact that you've, you're basically saying that you went out of your way to make something different. Cause we were, we, we essentially just said, okay, we're going to go from one review s- style to a different review thing. And that's <laughs> the end of it on our podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean, but you guys are still doing something sort of unique with it. Well, we just try to keep it fun for the listeners. I think that's, that's our only number one rule is try to be fun for other people to listen to. And see, that's what matters, you know? Yeah, because I mean, the, the the original goal was just for us to listen and have fun, and then it just so happened that other people liked it, and then we were like, "Wow, look, we we have following." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. Now you have pros and cons here for podcasting, which there are plenty. I I yes, I I would be curious if you if you I mean if you, we don't have to delve into this if you don't want to, but I wrote it down in case it was something that it that is near and dear to your heart. I think it's because there's a couple topics within this that I want to get into, and I mean. You don't got to get too deep into like the financial situation that you guys are dealing with, but sure, you guys yeah, yeah. got to a point where you have started introducing Patreon and whatnot. And see, when I've brought up podcasting with other people, see, for me, I do this for fun. Yes. I've never imagined making money off of this. If I do, cool, but I've never like it never crossed my mind to make money off of this. I've done it as I like this. It's fun. It's something fun to do. Exact same uh, sort of thinking on our end, for sure. And so I've brought up podcasting with other people before, and some of, one of the big concerns they had is, well, what if we start making money? And I'm just like, I've never thought about that. Like, I, I never thought about the prospect of making money off podcasting. Okay. I know a lot of people do it, but for me, like, I mean, if people want to give me money, I'm, I'm not against it. But, like, I, I, ne- I didn't jump into this wanting to make money off of it. But since yeah, totally. you guys are at that spot, like how how has it affected you guys? If it so, has. I think that it has put a little bit more pressure on us to deliver uh, definitely quality entertainment. So it, we've we've gone through a couple of metamorphoses in our cast for sure, uh, based on our like formula and how much editing goes in, and you know what kind of bits we come up with at the start, whatever, whatever, whatever. We're trying to without drastically changing our dynamic you know maintain that certain level of quality i think that in addition especially for people that do go that extra mile who do you know try to support us in that way we go out of our way to try to create extra things you know uh we we want to release certain things for patreons only uh which has added a certain uh extra level of i don't want to say anxiety but stress for sure right because you know you want to you want to make sure that you're giving people value for supporting our our hobby and whatnot and we were in the same boat. You know, we we wanted everything to be just a hobby. But when it got to a point where we were talking seriously about making a Patreon and whatnot, and we we dropped the we we dropped the whole thing, I would say, at least this is my personal opinion, our Patreon is essentially there to pay Jordy back for all of the money he has sunk into our cast. <laughs> if I'm gonna be it, honest. It does get expensive. Um yeah, like, so I'm considering buying a new mic. Um, I don't have like an amazing mic, but I don't have like a crappy mic. I do want to get something better and like new headphones, and it's like that costs money that I really just don't like. The only thing I need this stuff for is podcasting. Like, I won't put a dollar amount to it, but Jordy has bought, I'm pretty sure, three people mics. Oh, wow. Uh, he's also paid for a bunch of editing software to help us to, you know, have a really clean sounding you know, podcast or whatever. Cause that's just the kind of guy he is. Yeah. And, uh, and also, you know, we, we uh, agreed to all of us pay for our hosting site. Like we would pay, you know, X amount of dollars a month to keep our hosting site up. I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of people fell back on that request. And Jordy just ended up fronting the bill for a long time. <laughs> yeah. So in my mind, I'm just like, Hey, I'm, I, I'm super grateful that we have, you know, a handful of members that are willing to support us financially and whatnot. I think that if it, if it's made anything, if it, if there's any negative, it's that, yeah, there's like a certain level of stress to produce, you know, quality content for those kinds. But for the most part, I'm just glad that we can start to pay back, you know, Jordy for all the work that he's put into our, our cast for editing and all the hardware software he's, he's baked in. 
And at, at the other day, uh, for the most part, people who are on our Patreon, they're just like happy to be supporting us, and we're thrilled. And as yeah. long as we keep making them happy, that's all we care about. That's a great response. That's that's a good response. Yeah, I don't see. I thought like, uh, you know, if I get big, what type of Patreon thing am I gonna do? I have essentially, I just bring guests. It was, on. it was like a not. It was a pretty stressful, like, especially for me. And I'm also like, I'm an anxious one. And the and the guys will tell you, I, I actually, if out of all of us, I think I fought the, the Patreon thing the most. <laughs> Dylan, cut that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, you don't have to no Dylan that. here. We have Myrtle. There's no Dylan here. There's only there's only dirty. <laughs> Whatever. Well, I need to do is um, teach my hamster to edit so I don't have to do this. That's see, that's what it is. You got to teach your hamster to edit all your shit, and then you never have to worry about it. it just magically gets done, and no one has to worry. <laughs> but yeah, I would say, uh, you know, it, it was challenging, but I wouldn't, uh, I would encourage you not to be like me because I definitely stressed out over it. I, I overthought it. I for the for the sake of the team, I, I was like, well, we got to do X, Y, and Z. And at the end of the day, if people want to support you, then they want to support you, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that that is good. Are you thinking about jumping into that like soon or not? No, 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 no. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I've literally like we're not even done with January. I started my from friend to we podcast back last year, but I haven't started marketing and like really sharing it until this year. Gotcha. Totally. Um, I was sort of in this sort of like a, a phase of like I want to do this, but I don't know if I really want to start pushing it out and like. I had a bunch of guests lined up and they all sort of canceled on me. And so I was in this weird stage of like not knowing if I really wanted to continue podcasting or not. Yeah. You know, cause this is, you know, this is my third and fourth podcast. Uh, the first two both end up can't, you know, being having shut down because of life for the other person. Right. And right. I, I really wanted to do this, but I just got stuck and I got stuck and I was just like, I don't know what to do. Like, I really want to do this, but I'm nervous of posting because if it gets too yeah. big and I can't deliver episodes. and Hey, you know, it, the good news is I think the the best thing that anyone can do if they are trying to do a podcast is set the expectation that it's for you first and then whoever else after that. You know what I yeah. mean? That, that way you don't you don't get stuck, you know, worrying about whether or not you blow up or like what if you don't blow up? It, it just it, it adds a layer of, I guess. I get stress, anxiety uh, yeah. of whether or not you can provide, you know, quality content. If it's good for you and if it's good for the people that you bring on and they want to listen to themselves when they come on or whatever, that's all that matters. And then, then it, people will listen from there. Oh, yeah. But like I said, then like just getting through the year near the end of the year, I was just I was in that rut with podcasting. Right. But then I was like, you know, I really I do want to do this. So, you know, starting of the year, I'm really going to start pushing, promoting and all of that and uh good for you man it's i went from like struggling to find guests to the point where i'm i can pretty much be booked to march if i did it properly right now hell yeah like, and you're gonna I get have, justin on both right probably <laughs> like i have like the well, next i have half like I'm, I'm good to like middle of february right now and i have other people sort of on standby so like, Damn, dude. So I'm not going to listen to my own episode until February? She. Well, I'm unfortunately, <laughs> at the moment, I'm dropping once a month just to be on the safe side and make sure I got wow. plenty of time to do. <laughs> I had this weird idea of like, okay. I was either going to like just bank a bunch of episodes and then finally get to a point where I could release bi weekly or keep doing each podcast once a month. But say I have three episodes of talking dirty or let's say i have four episodes of talking dirty edited and ready to go sure at the end of the month drop three of them and save oh. one for next month to have as backup so i may not be dropping you know i may only be dropping once a month for each podcast but i could potentially be dropping more than one episode to make up that's for it. that's interesting you know that's a strategy you know i don't know we don't know much about the uh the way the algorithm works or even how <laughs> Any of anybody found our podcast, you know, we just kind of we were just like a few guys talking the shit on One Piece and eventually somebody found us or a couple of people found us. But it's interesting, the idea that the algorithm may actually support the idea that if a podcast just drops, you know, a bunch of episodes versus only or being like on that weekly basis, I guess that'd be a really good question for the Spotify gods. What do you guys prioritize? It'd be a good test to see what happens. If Absolutely. Anything. 
That's a very uh, that's so, an interesting idea. It, depending on how things go, I may try that and see how it goes. I'm still up in the air on the idea. I, I don't think anyone does it, so it'd be unique at least. Yeah, right. No, totally. Yeah, that's that's about it. That's my story in podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> and what a story it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I uh, uh, at, 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 at the risk of giving closing thoughts uh i do really uh, appreciate you inviting me on this is a lot of fun hopefully in uh, all that word vomit there's something reasonable and worthwhile to listen to for uh your audience <laughs> oh uh, there's a lot I've, I've had a great time i mean we're at about two hours right now and i could honestly just continue but i know life has to happen <laughs> <laughs> this is this is that point when in our podcast we would go yeah in before Jordy listens to our uh, two hour long episode and gives us thirty minutes in return. <laughs> <laughs> I mean honestly, this will probably be, be pretty much everything. I I'll only cut off like the silences and yeah yeah, yeah. This and that. So I mean this I may break it into two parts just for like ease of access for listeners. You know, oh, I feel like well. an hour is like a good spot you know yeah i would agree i actually prefer episodes of any podcast that are in like the hour to maybe an hour 20 range but i also recognize there are people that listen to us that are like give us four hour content give us four hour content and i'm just like bruh yes i may really want four hour content (laughs) at the end of february it may be part one part two dropping so there's like an hour sort of with each of them yeah, right on. You know, whatever you decide. I I'll, I look forward to listening to it. Um, and uh, this was a lot of fun. I really yeah. do appreciate coming on. And uh, I I hope that if if not any of my cohorts, well, yeah, I hope that my cohorts uh, join you on this one or whatever, and then you have a good I'm time with them too. More than welcome to have them on. And like I said, if you're interested in the other podcast, feel free to let me know. We can figure that out. If you decide you want to watch some anime, and uh... <laughs> I will, I will keep you aware. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds that's good enough. But, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, and then this is talking dirty. Thanks for being a guest, and uh, everyone else, we'll catch you later. Catch you later. Thanks for checking out Talking Dirty. I hope you enjoyed, and uh, be ready. New episodes drop every month. It may be one, it may be multiple. just depends on uh, how much recording I do throughout the the month and how much editing I get done. Quick shout-out to Phantom Sage and their song, Hollow. Descriptions and ways to check out that song and interact with that artist are included in the description. Uh, Using their music for my intro and outro for here for now, so make sure you give them a like and listen. Until next time, friends, stay interesting. Burning down the walls, we let the monsters in. And now we're running down the halls. No, we can't let them win. There's an evil inside that is lurking way down below. And if I can't hold to my breath, then I'm bound to become hollow. Can you say that I disappeared? Can you say that I wasn't there for you when you went into hiding on the front steps of your porch? Then I reflected on the memories, but I put out that torch. Hey! Can you tell me where you want to be in time? There's a million different places and a million different heights I'll climb the tallest of the mountains, the highest place I find So that I can look over and before me what is mine Can you say that I disappeared? Can you say that I wasn't there for you when you went into hiding on the Steps of your porch, then I reflected on the memories, but I put out that torch. Hey!
what I'm looking for.